coming up is Alec Thomas being overlooked in the NL Rookie of the Year race and Jeff Carr is going to tell us who he thinks is the biggest dark horse sleeper to make it out of the National League. Bringing it all down for you next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my uh at creator thomas 24 for my personal account on twitter i i legit had a brain fart for a second and just look up lockdown diamondbacks both twitter and instagram for the podcast handle and of course thank you for making lockdown diamondbacks your first listen every day would not be able to do this podcast without you my loyal listeners sharing subscribing reviewing doing all that so i could do this podcast for you thank you it's free and available on all platforms so please continue to tell your friends we're going to be having part two with Jeff Carr of Locked on Reds, discussing our favorite non-Dodgers teams in the National League, um, teams that started slow that we think can still maybe make a World Series run. So it's going to be a lot of fun stuff talking um, with Jeff Carr of Locked on Reds in part two. But I first want to talk about this little article I saw drop today by MLB.com because they had their Rookie of the Year race rankings pretty much. And for the National League, it was Mackenzie Gore number one. Brandon Donovan, number two of the Cardinals, Mackenzie Gore of the Padres, Spencer Strider, number three of the Braves, Nolan Gorman and Seiya Suzuki tied for fourth, Nolan Gorman of the Cardinals, Seiya Suzuki of the Cubs. So that was your top five players getting votes. But one guy who did not crack the top five, Arizona's own Alec Thomas. And I wasn't too sure when I first saw that list whether I was overreacting and thought Alec Thomas was being overlooked or whether it was appropriate and those rookies should really actually be ranked ahead of Alec Thomas just because from a D-backs perspective, it's not like I'm watching those rookies a ton, you know? I know Seiya Suzuki had the hot start to the year. I know Nolan Gorman has been pretty good as well. Mackenzie Gore, the Padres, Javier Reyes, I've talked about that a lot. But just watching Alec Thomas, knowing what he's done for the D-backs, I found it kind of surprising that he wasn't top five in the rookie of the year race rankings. And I had to do my own research and figure out whether Alec Thomas was being overlooked or whether he was being properly rated. And after doing the research, I think the voters probably have it right so far. Alec Thomas is probably outside the top five looking in right now among the best rookies in the National League. But I am here to say it is dangerously close. Alec Thomas did at least, well, he was at least one of the other players receiving votes among rookies. And I think Alec Thomas could finish top five. Potentially, I think Alec Thomas could get as high as number three or number two of the rookie of the year voting list. I think Mackenzie Gore is probably the front runner right now. I mean, he's running away in this early MLB.com voting. But I think Alec Thomas could maybe catch up, creep close. I, I don't think Alec Thomas could win the rookie of the year race. I think he can win it, but as it looks right now, he's obviously not the betting favorite, but I think Alec Thomas could definitely finish top two, top three in the Rookie of the Year voting, just because when you look at Alex's, uh, Alec Thomas's numbers among 
all rookies in the National League. I mean, he's pretty much square in the middle of everything. If you look at WRC+, Alec Thomas is seventh in the National League among rookies. If you look at home runs, Alec Thomas is actually second most home runs in the National League among all rookies. If you look at runs scored, Alec Thomas is number two among runs scored in the National League. If you look at war, Alec Thomas is the fourth best war in the National League as well. So he's right in the mix. He's basically between third and seventh in almost every giant offensive category for these NL rookies. And when you've watched Alec Thomas this year, I mean, by the eye test, Alec Thomas has definitely uh, looked like a legit major leaguer considering he's one of the top D-backs prospects when they called him up. I would like to say he's lived up to that pedigree so far and just looking at his normal slash line 269 average 333 OBP 445 slugging those are very respectable numbers and very good numbers for Alec Thomas and considering he's only 22 years old I think the ceiling is the sky for this guy and I think he's definitely the D-back center fielder of the future because when Torrey Lavello made that switch to go from Dalton Varsho as the everyday center fielder to Alec Thomas that might have raised a couple eyebrows for some people because we know Dalton Varsho might be the most dynamic athlete on this team. He's played some really good center fields for the D-backs so far this season last year because the way Dalton Varsho is able to close those gaps in the outfield is just ridiculous at times. But I think it was a good decision by Torrey Lovello to go with Alec Thomas as the everyday center field just because when you watch him, he's also got that speed like Alec Thomas. Uh, I mean, he's also got that speed like Dalton Varsho, Alec Thomas does. I think Varsho's a little quicker, but I think off the, the ball, off the bat, I think the reaction time for Alec Thomas is quicker. I think he just has better instincts and it's just more natural for him, which is which makes sense because let's not forget Dalton Varsho came up as a catcher and then they converted him to center field. So the fact that Varsho is playing right field right now is incredible. And Alec Thomas looks like a standout defensive center fielder. And I think it's going to be one of the reasons why he moves up this rookie of the year rankings because if he has a second half like Dalton Varsho had last year where he just picks up his numbers um, a little bit because his numbers are already pretty good. So if he has a second half like Dalton Varsho last year, his numbers are going to look like all-star level numbers. Plus you add in the defense that Alec Thomas has displayed this season. And I think he starts to climb that rookie of the year race because he already won MLB plays defensive highlight of the week with that home run robbery of Joey Votto a few days ago. So he's definitely on people's radars people have seen the defensive highlight reel from Alec Thomas they know he has some big hits the biggest issue is for Alec Thomas is he's still hitting at the bottom of the order and he is just so good to be a top of the order table setter for these D-backs hitters and the issue is um, it's it just hard to slot him up there. I want Alec Thomas at the top of the lineup, but I can't help it that I also like Josh Rojas, Dalton Varsho, and Kenta Marte as my one, two, three. I would probably, I, I might be willing to put Alec Thomas as like the number two hitter, then maybe move Josh Rojas down to like number five or something, just because someone like Christian Walker is a big power bat, but he hasn't really done much outside that. David Peralta is our clutchest guy. I mean, I don't know. I might get pretty funky with the lineup. I, I think I like Josh Rojas kind of at that number six hole. Maybe put Peralta at number four because I think he's our clutches hitter and then if he doesn't come through for you then maybe Christian Walker could come in and clean up the bases with a big swing and then Josh Rojas kind of just resets that lineup I think a little bit and number six is like another another table setter as like I think as the number six hole you're basically getting a number two hitter slotted into your six hole because I think Josh Rojas does got the pop. He's got a little power now that he's been showing this season and he can also set the table I think for guys so 
Ideally, my favorite lineup is probably Varsho, Thomas, Keta Marte, one, two, three, probably Peralta, then Christian Walker, then Josh Rojas after that. But to get back on the Alec Thomas point, Defense has been incredible this season. The offense has been pretty good as well. It's come and gone um, at certain points during the season, but right now, Alec Thomas is on a pretty good heater, has an eight-game hitting streak during that streak, 11 for 29 with five RBIs, five walks, three stolen bases, and seven runs scored. The biggest issue for Alec Thomas is only one extra base hit during that time, and it's crazy to think about because, like I said, five home runs, second most among NL rookies, but only six doubles, so you want to see a little bit more gap power by Alec Thomas. Thomas, but so far, so good for Alec Thomas. He's definitely impressed on the major league level. And despite him not being top five in the rookie of the year ranking so far in the National League, I think he will finish there by the end of the season. And I will put money on bet online that Alec Thomas will finish at least in the top three of the rookie of the year votings in the National League. And if you want to Place that bet of Alec Thomas winning NL Rookie of the Year. You need to head to betonline.net because betonline.net is your number one source for your betting stats and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in actions bet online where the game starts and we have an important favor to ask you we've put together a survey so we can learn more about the listeners like you make your favorite locked on podcast even better this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about locked on podcasts go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started it won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of ten hundred dollar Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey thanks for your help All right, all right, all right. Let's get into that pod with Jeff Carve, Locked on Reds. I think that's enough D-backs Reds talk I want to have. I mean, both those teams, I mean, the D-backs are looking a little bit more competitive than the Reds, and I'm still holding out hope that we have a good summer and maybe we get back in the wild card race. Your Cincinnati Reds, Jeff, uh, I I think your your season's going to be over. Uh, It's ending pretty soon. It's already over. (laughs) It it was over once opening day uh, that first pitch was thrown. But I do want to ask you, since both our teams are probably not going to be in the World Series, what non-Dodgers team, because I think the Dodgers are probably still, I mean, even if you don't think they're they look like the best team right now still on paper i think they're still probably most people's picks to at least make it to the world series if we actually got to you know put the gun to your head who you picking out the nl i think most people still choose the dodgers so of the non-dodgers teams in the national league who has impressed you the most who do you think has the most world series equity i'll let you go the new york mets I, I think that they are the most complete team, and especially if Edwin Diaz can stay healthy. Because with Edwin Diaz, that bullpen has a very nice hierarchy. I think Edwin Diaz is one of like the few, maybe three bona fide closers that are left in this league. I mean, there's guys that get the label closer, and there's guys that are the best bullpen arm on their team. But there's not the bona fide closer like you have with Edwin Diaz. And I think that it's like him and Josh Hader. Yeah, that's who I was thinking. I was like, who else? Yeah, like like, a few years ago. He's kind of washed now. Jansen a few years ago, but not too many guys. And you can be. 
Yeah. I mean, you can maybe make an argument for uh, Jansen, but I think that he's not even the closer on his own team. So I, I think that that's over. Overall, though, as long as he stays healthy and as long as that lineup continues to produce as just ridiculously as they have done, I think that the Mets have a real shot. I think we could be talking about a Subway series for this mm. World Series. Who, who are you thinking? Who are you thinking? Yeah, I think the Subway series. Now, let me just ask you real quick before I tell you um, my uh, who I think it is. Okay. How do you feel overall about a Subway series? Because I was kind of going back and forth uh, with Silly Baseball about this because I feel like he thought it would be good for Major League Baseball. But I was like, I don't know. Would Major League Baseball fans just care about New York series? Like, what's, you know, D-backs fans, Dodgers fans, all these NOS teams, like, do they actually care if it's New York Mets versus New York Yankees? Like, that's a lot of East Coast bias there. I'm not sure if the overall baseball attention, like, I think it would be cool, but I'm also from New Jersey, so I feel like I'm biased. There's a very thin line between love and hate. And I think okay. that for polite. everyone who loves the Yankees, there's a lot more people that hate the Yankees mm -hmm. and they just want to see them lose. And if they make the World Series, there's going to be a lot of people that hate watch the World Series just to see the Mets beat them. And especially with all the, you know, the unfortunate history of the Mets and all of the unluckiness. Like, I mean, one of our one of our great colleagues at Locked On, Allie Bronson, she's a huge Mets fan. And she continues to tell me it's not happening. The Mets aren't doing anything because they haven't done anything my entire life. And you're not getting my hopes up. And I'm like, Alley, they're the best team in the National League. I think they're better than the Dodgers. I really do, and I think that they will. I think that they will make Snip the World it. Series. But yeah, Snip it. Mets better than the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean the Mets Snip are probably uh, my choice if we're non-Dodgers team, just because I looked at that freaking rotation. It's like they've lost their yeah. top three to four starters, and they still have a rotation that's one of the best in the <laughs> National League. Like, how do you lose Degrom, Scherzer, and well, uh, Tyler McGill has been out for a while? And you still have Carrasco. You still got some. Um, I'm forgetting some other guys, but they still got pretty great rotation. Um, yeah. oh, Chris Bassett, they still got. He's looked nope. like a freaking all star as well. So, but you still have uh, Taiwan Walker was an actual all star last year, and he's like their fifth, sixth starter. Like it's it's crazy how it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's like, actually in a good way. In a good yeah. way, it's embarrassing. It's like you look around the rest of the league, and you're like, how are these guys all right? here like why did no one else take any of them I, I i don't know but i know that chris bassett man he has got to be really happy that he's in new york and not in uh, the bay area yeah anymore. that's why i don't get mad at uh the dodgers for signing freddie freeman because i felt like anyone could have had freddie freeman if they just met his demands and the dodgers were the only ones like hey you want seven years at whatever price you want here you go you're one the, you're arguably the best first baseman in baseball we'll just give you that contract and we'll just add you to our super house um superpower team already and most major league baseball teams they didn't want to go to the seven years or whatever the reason was for Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers were. So now they have him. So that's why I'm like, you can't really blame the Dodgers too much for getting Freddie Freeman because he was there for anyone. The Braves said, uh, we don't want to go that length of the deal, even though there's probably more there than what's uh, being let out to the public. But the subway series, I think would be interesting. Like you said, Yankees are probably the most, next to the Dodgers, the most polarizing team in baseball. So I think a lot of people would hate watch them, like you said. And for the Mets, I think a lot of people would just be like, okay, how the Mets are, how are they going to F this up and really screw themselves out of a World Series? But them together, I don't know if it will get the ratings that we might expect. If it was like Yankees, Dodgers, or Mets, you know, whoever from the American League, like Mets, Blue Jays, I think that would be pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I do agree that the Mets are probably the best non-Dodgers team going forward, but are there any National League teams who might have started slow, like the Phillies or the Braves, who you might have your eye on to, uh, you know, maybe make a, a, a postseason run once they get there? I definitely think the Braves have a shot, although they, they showed why, even though they're in the middle of a 13-game winning streak, 
they still are flawed and it's just health. Like, I mean, and, and it's unfortunate because that's a really dumb way to an, analyze any team. It's just like, well, if they're not healthy, but if Ozzy Albies is going to miss significant time, that's going to be a huge blow to that team. Now they got Acuna back, which is huge, but how healthy can they stay without Acuna last year? They won the world series. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a strange argument for me to make, but I still look at them and I say, you know, they could be very interesting if they get Albies back. I think that the other team in the national league that you got to look at, and I really hate to admit this because mm. God, God knows I don't like this team, but the St. Louis Cardinals, I ah. mean, God, they, they are put together so well when you look at their starting rotation, their lineup, their bullpen is pretty decent too. Overall, they are a very solid team. Do they come out of the NL Central as the champions? That's a possibility. They lead the division right now. And I think that Milwaukee was just super beneficial of crazy health last year. That's not something that they've enjoyed this year. So overall, I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that the National League still goes through New York. And LA, I think that's the ultimate NLCS, but I definitely think that uh, there's going to be some interesting teams there. Jeff and I will talk about the biggest dark horses in the National League, but first I want to tell you guys about how I start my day every morning because I started with a scoop of AG1 because it gives me the boost I need for the rest of the day. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery focus, and aging all those things and the reason why i love ag1 is because it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy-free or gluten-free it fits every lifestyle costs you less than three dollars a day and it has over seven thousand five-star reviews so you know it's reputable right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition and just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you, Jeff. You probably cut out those last three minutes because my Wi-Fi dropped. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I don't think okay. I probably got you on those last three minutes. But either way, I know you made a fantastic point, Jeff. You're, you're a well-read <laughs> guy. You watch a lot of baseball. So no matter what you said, I'm sure you still got it on your end. So maybe you could send me your half of the audio. Maybe it'll be sent over to me. But Real quick before we go, because you're talking about the Cardinals, I want to just bring up who their best player is because their best player right now is Paul Goldschmidt, who is absolutely tearing up the National League. And we know what team he came from, the Arizona Diamondbacks. When you look at that Paul Goldschmidt trade, I've talked about it a bunch the last couple of weeks because Paul Goldschmidt has been on a tear. Meanwhile, the guys that we got back in that Goldschmidt trade, Luke Weaver, he just came back off the 60-day injury list. He has not looked good since 2019. Carson Kelly, he's batting, I think, like 100 on the season. He just came back off the injured list. Um, pretty too uh pretty uh not too long ago as well so 
I look at this Paul Goldschmidt deal. The the Cardinals basically bent us over a barrel and are just smacking our booty because they have dominated that trade. And I just want to ask you, Jeff, like when you look at that Jesse Winker trade and, you know, potentially this Luis Castillo trade, like how does that make you feel as just a baseball fan trading away a better player for potentially prospects? Because my overall philosophy is Never give up your star player for prospects. Prospects are the biggest gamble, I think, in major league and sports in general. I think it's a bigger gamble than NFL draft picks or NBA draft picks because these, even when you think you're getting a blue chipper back, these guys are so volatile. If you just look at these, you know, the biggest trades over the last 10 years in major league baseball involving superstar trades, usually the team that gets back the prospects lose that deal nine times out of 10. Those prospects usually end up not being much, even when you get back multiple top 100 guys like the Marlins did when they traded, you know, Stan or Yelich and they got back to Luis Brinson's like those deals typically don't work out. So what is your philosophy when it comes to trading all-star plus players like, you know, potentially Luis Castillo? Because I always think you should just exhaust all your options, try to keep them on your team as long as possible. And if they're like 35 and they're trying to get a seven-year deal, yeah, then maybe trade them in the last year of their contract. But outside of that, like a guy like Ketel Marte, who is 28 years old and, absolutely balling for the D-backs. I was like, we better not freaking trade him. I don't care how bad the D-backs are the next five years. If you ever want to get better, you need guys like Keta Marte on your roster. Yeah, that's, it's such a weird thought process because I with you, I, I don't think that trading a superstar for a bunch of prospects works out. I mean, the Reds, and, and you can blame the front office on this one that made the deals because they weren't all necessarily good. And even the trade that looked good at the time, they traded Johnny Cueto to the Royals for John Lamb, um, Cody Reed, and Brandon Finnegan. And none of those guys are currently on the team. One guy was out of major league baseball in like two years after that trade. But at the time they said the reds won that deal. Every other deal that they made, they said that the reds lost pretty much immediately after they made that trade. And they were right. Cause none of them panned out. I look at the deals that the reds made that really panned out. It was, um, Alfredo Simon for a Eugenio Suarez mm-hmm. that it was like, yeah, how'd that how'd that happen? I mean, they got one of the best players that they've had in a long time, and they traded a dude who had a breakout season, no doubt, but they got him for next to nothing when you look at what Alfredo Simon did with the Tigers after he made that deal. And then you had Dan Straley for Luis Castillo. Dan Straley was fine as a Marlin, but yeah, overall, the, the prospect you know, for every and, and the perfect example, because, you know, Bob Nightingale always likes to remind the pirates that they made this trade for every Chris Archer to Tampa Bay for um, or for every Chris Archer from Tampa Bay to Pittsburgh for Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows and um, forget the last guy, but he was big, too, um, for for those trades that just absolutely work out on the prospect. end, there is 900 other trades. So. I feel like small market teams always say we build from within, but I also feel like they don't necessarily understand how to trade for prospects simply because it's so hard to prognosticate a prospect. Yeah, and the Rays are an outlier. I mean, I don't think anyone has a better understanding (laughs) of farm systems than the Rays because not only do they have a great understanding of their farm system, they also know your farm system better than anyone else. So when they're trading Chris Archer for three of your prospects, like they know those guys are going to work out because they already scouted them and then they're going to be put in Tampa Bay's organization, which just continues to put out all-star player after an all-star player. And they weren't afraid to trade someone like Will Myers um, way back when, who I think to the 
probably the Padres at the time. So the Rays, whenever whenever a trade is involving the Rays, usually the team that's trading with the Rays usually loses that deal because the Rays are a really smart organization. And I think if you're trying to trade for Chris Archer, you probably shouldn't give up your best prospects. You should probably only give up your best prospects in deals for superstars. I think if I was a GM, I would go after all these quality players who are not all-star level guys like the Eduardo Escobars. Those guys are just like dirt cheap on the major league um, market. Uh, pretty much like those guys from Oakland, you could probably get Frankie Montez for like pretty much nothing. Like the Bassets of the world. Like those guys didn't go for um, crazy amounts as well. Like even a guy like Nolan Arenado who's a bona fide star. He is that, that deal was crazy. <laughs> like if I was a GM, I would just I would just ask for every good player on every major league roster and see where I could get back because I think a lot of these GMs would be surprised. It doesn't take a lot to get um, some of these high quality players off other teams' rosters. So that's my yeah. We, yeah you go. What you guys say, Jeff? I was gonna say yeah. We can ask Paul Holden how uh, he feels about that Nolan Arenado deal. I'm pretty sure that would be an entire podcast worth of an answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that might be the all time uh, biggest disaster. There's not too many opportunities where it's like a win win or the team that gets the prospects back uh, win the deal. But uh, a, a trade like I bring it up all the time, like the Chris Sale trade, that might have been a win win for both sides because the Red Sox yeah, get a World Series. White yeah. yeah, White Sox get Cole Petrie looks like a beast now. They also got Moncada, but those are pretty rare uh pretty rare where it's a win-win on both sides and the red sox still got world series out of it so you'll probably say they came out more on top it's not like the white sox i mean they're they might fire their manager before the season ends so i don't know how good their season is going but that that's that's enough d-backs versus reds talk um for today thank you jeff of locked on reds for hopping on to uh yeah. today's pod um where can where can the listeners find you jeff where can they find you on social media yeah, you got me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can also follow the show at Locked On Reds. We're on all platforms, just like Locked On Diamondbacks, including YouTube. Yeah, I had to recheck uh, your Twitter handle when I was putting it into this graphic. I was like, is that three Fs? And I thought my yeah. mind uh, or my eyes were playing a trick on me. Well, Thank let me you. have two. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure that one was thank you. Uh, taken. Thank you, Jeff Carr of Locked On and Reds for hopping on the pod today and giving me your time. And I'm hoping uh, maybe Vado, hey, maybe he needs to go see Alex Rodriguez. He, he's a, you know, he's got a lot of time on his hands right now. Maybe he needs oh, to yeah. go see a little biogenesis, maybe get back to last year's power. Who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what, um, well, if he wants to increase his trade value for the deadline, maybe you could get something back. A blue chipper, yeah. Jeff. We'll see. Well, that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Just kind of kicked Jeff Carr of Lockdown Reds off the pod. Sorry, Jeff. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day, Lockdown MLB with my pal and your pal, Sully Baseball. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces! That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into a pod today. Come back tomorrow for more, Dime, or not tomorrow, come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Go catch up on any pod you might have missed this week. Had some great ones with Jeff Carr of Locked on Red. So go catch up on those pods if you missed it. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.